are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to an October 28th Sunday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer at LeBron Wire, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, writer at the Associated Press as well. And we're back here on Sunday. And I, if it's, you know, you're listening to this, obviously you're, you're a Blazer fan probably, and it's a, probably a tough Sunday um, after the Blazers drop one in which they were you know, behind, they they made what looked to be a valiant comeback, but ultimately they come up short in Miami, 120-111 on Saturday in Miami on Evan Turner's 30th birthday. The Blazers were just unable to bring it home despite 42 monster ones from Damian Lillard uh, as he continues to, to set the NBA on a tear, his second consecutive 40-point game. Um... Just a, a phenomenal effort in the second half, especially from Lillard, and uh, just really turned it on and, and gave Portland a chance to win. I mean, really, really did. Um, it gave Portland a chance. And CJ McCollum hit some big ones late, uh, but just wasn't enough. Uh, in the game, but Dame w- w- was phenomenal for the Trailblazers. He ha- also had seven rebounds and six to si- six assists. As I mentioned, it was a lot, mostly in the second half, because Portland trailed by 15 at halftime. Uh, perhaps, maybe feeling some effects of the fact that it was Evan Turner's birthday in Miami uh, the night before. And they were celebrating Evan Turner's birthday the night before. And that's not a secret. You can go to Evan Turner's Instagram and you could see that. But, um, and I can't blame them. I mean, come on. Uh, they also had a chance to win late, late in the game. So, and, and Turner was playing down the stretch with Dame, CJ, Zach Collins, who had another big game, scoring 13 points off the bench in 24 minutes of action. Uh, Collins just continues to, to bring strong play. He also had two blocks and four rebounds. And he closed the game for the Trailblazers along with Dame, Turner, as I mentioned, C.J. McCollum, and Myers Leonard in a, in a little bit of a surprise. Uh, they had him down in the middle, and uh, you know he did help space the court, and, and Portland made a run in the fourth quarter when Myers was on the floor. He also uh, hit a th- he also hit a three pointer, but uh, you know he was helpful in getting them back in the game but he also made some mistakes down the stretch of the game uh one in particular on a rebound where uh, Hassan Whiteside kind of ripped it from him on a Miami free throw uh which was just that's that's just a tough possession to lose when you get the rebound off of their free throw and then they just steal it from you and then um another one um you know just some fouls that that Myers picked up down the stretch guarding Kelly Olynyk which just um, you know, it was going to happen sometimes, but uh, obviously those didn't help Portland's cause to win the game. So it, it, it hurt them from that perspective, but they did make their run with Myers on the floor in the fourth quarter to really close the game. Uh, and, the, and the spacing was really there. But, um, you know, I think there's, you know, you're, it's worth 
you know, considering, you know, what would have happened if Aminu had gone back into the game at that point. Aminu only played 14 minutes. Uh, I don't know if there was any, you know, injury or not not 14 minutes, excuse me, that was the first half box score. Aminu played only 21 minutes in the game. Um, but, uh, you know, he's probably your third best player. It'd be, you know, in my opinion, you know, I think Terry Stotts is a brilliant coach and uh, I totally get him riding the hot hand because sometimes in the regular season that happens. And so, like, I get where he's coming from with that. Um, and some nights your, your best guys don't have it. But um, having Aminu out there is just, it's always nice, Um, even though he had a rough game uh, that night. So, you know, I could see, once again, where Stotts was coming from. It wasn't working with Aminu. Aminu was one of the guys that was out there when they were getting run in the first quarter, in the first half, and they made the run with Myers. And so um, sometimes coaches stick with that because that's, you know, that's the art of coaching is knowing how to do things in the middle of the game. So, um, you know, I, I totally see both sides of the argument um, from those people that are, you know, talking about it. I had people talking about it with me after the game, um, you know, just friends of mine that were watching the game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just happens. And and sometimes Kelly, Kelly Olenek beats you. Uh, and, and that happens all the time. Uh you know, Miami's a, normally a really solid team. Olenek's a pretty solid player, and sometimes that happens. It's not doesn't make it any more comforting. Uh, but uh, you know, that's really not the important thing coming from this game because the the most important thing coming from this game is more bad news. Uh, Mo Harkless leaving the game after playing only ten minutes in. Saturday's game, leaving with left knee soreness, and that's the knee where he had the surgery, um, and so that's not good either because that's the same knee that he had surgery on back in March. It's the same knee that kept him out for much of the preseason. It's the same knee that has caused him to have a minutes restriction, and that's when that that amount of injuries piles up on the same area that's just it doesn't there's no way you can characterize it as good news um so it's um you know there's going to be more time for for jake layman i suppose i think there's going to be more time for the three guard lineups more times for evan turner because they have got to um start figuring out what they're going to do without Harkless for a little while because it seems like he's got to get healthy. And and I don't know if that's more rehab. You know, hopefully that doesn't mean another procedure. But um, it's clear that something is not right, at least to me, reading, you know, just seeing the amount of reports that we've had following his timeline from March until now. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel good. So I feel like, you know, uh, maybe the type of maybe playing more Zach Collins and having more three point shooting, maybe with Aminu perhaps, or 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 with Layman or or, or Myers again. Um, you know, maybe the, those are the more of the things that the Blazers are going to go to to get more threes up, um, to try and uh, you know, swing games in their favor because shooting the three has has been a big emphasis for Portland in this first half of the season, and it sucks that Harkless is not healthy because he was doing so well shooting the three before he got hurt. Um, But we're going to take a a quick break. Um, Obviously, it's kind of an abrupt uh, 
transition uh, from talking about Harkless. We'll, we'll talk more about that and, and maybe who fills in for him. And we're going to talk about Jake Lehman and his kind of position as the token starter. And also, we're going to dig into what is going on with C.J. McCollum's uh, offensive game right now. So we'll be right back. And we're back here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Sunday after the Blazers lost to Miami. But uh, in good news for the Blazers, Damian Lillard is leading the NBA in scoring. Uh, that uh, is is the latest scoring uh, standings, if you, if you can believe that. Damian Lillard is outscoring Steph Curry in points per game so far this season. Uh, it is just really been a phenomenal start to the season for Damian Lillard and you know some people asked me you know could he get better and I I thought he could and he's showing that he can and uh, just to to be exact he's averaging 33.8 points per game that is point that is one tenth above Curry who does play tonight so um that uh, you know, is, is, is for now, uh, you know, Curry's playing the Nets tonight, so uh, he might want to put on a show for the folks in New York. Um, and you never know. And then number three is Kemba Walker. So all three of the, the scoring leaders in the NBA right now are point guards, but it's Lillard at the top. Um, he's been phenomenal. These two games in Florida have been amazing where he scored over 40 in both of those, uh, and he's going to have a you know a little bit of a tougher game, which we're going to talk about in the next segment. Um, but pretty impressive stuff from Damian Lillard early on. He's also getting the foul line more. He is shooting a better percentage inside the arc, and he's also you know in addition to uh, his scoring, his you know complete game stats are also you know on the up. Uh, he's averaging almost seven assists and six rebounds, and so. Um, it's early. It's two weeks into the season, but uh, you know, this is the type of play that gets you into the MVP conversation. So um, that's uh, especially if if Portland can bounce back, win another one or two on this road trip, and uh, you know, go back home feeling good about themselves. So um, hey, uh, you know, Lillard. Too, you know, with his play, has also worked himself into player of the week consideration. I think uh, with with the two games that he's had, but um, Lillard has been great. But uh, obviously, you know, Portland hasn't been everything hasn't been rosy. They're yet three and two, but uh, there have been some interesting moves that Terry Stotts has made over the last couple of games, and and one of the ones I want to talk about is is Jake Lehman in the starting lineup. He's he started in every game, but he has not played that many minutes at all. Um, you know, he's he's averaging he's playing ten minutes, fifteen minutes, uh, you know, here and there. Even though he's starting, so he's not playing that much. And the early returns on those lineups have been pretty meh. They haven't you know they haven't been egregiously bad, but they haven't been good. Uh, in fact, they've they've been losing when they've been out there. They have a net rating of minus two point eight. The defense uh, with that unit, interestingly enough, has actually been pretty solid. But the offense is really where uh, things have just not worked out with that starting group with Nurk, Layman, Aminu, CJ, and Dame. And um, 
with Harkless out, you know, you wonder if they're going to keep going with Lehman or if they're going to try and keep the second unit together the way they've got it. Uh, and, and maybe that's the reason is to preserve those second units that have worked really well. Um, and, and that's, you know, something that you can't overlook is a lot of the minutes, you know, other than that, which it has been Portland's most used lineup, but they haven't been using it all that much. So, um, you know, they've been treading water with that. It'll be interesting to see moving forward how that improves because it is a five-game sample. You know, it is early in the season, and and Portland has bought themselves some time getting some early wins. So, you know, they don't have to make any wholesale changes just yet to the starting lineup, but it's something to monitor uh, right now early on in the season, five games in. Uh, another uh, interesting nugget about the, the Blazers' start to the season so far has been that they've, they've won a lot. They've, they've won the majority of their games so far despite a really rough start from C.J. McCollum. Uh, there's no way around it. He, he, he has been bad by his career standards. His, his three-point shot is, is the one thing that really hasn't gone down he's still shooting above 40 percent from three but inside the arc uh it has been cj's worst year ever since he really started playing a lot you know i'm not going to count his rookie season when he got hurt and and even the year before where he barely played uh over the past three years he has been very good and has not been this bad inside the arc and i think some of that could be a, a little bit of a change in in approach from McCollum and just in the early going CJ is taking more shots at the rim than ever taking 24% of his shots at the rim according to basketball reference and that's great the the rim is the most efficient spot on the floor that is is the number one spot you want to get to the rim and then if you can't get to the rim you want to get a three CJ has made his money has made hundreds of millions of dollars in the mid-range but being as those shots are not as efficient, he's been attacking the rim more. The problem is, is that he's had a terrible go of it at the rim. He's shooting 19% on those shots. And in each of the last three seasons, CJ McCollum has never shot below 52% from less than three feet in, according to basketball reference. So CJ is missing a lot of shots right now that he has made over the course of his career. He's just taking more of them. And... I think right now, given CJ's track record as a scorer, you have to give him the benefit of the doubt that those shots are going to start to go in. And so I think it's just something to monitor once again. Uh, but he's attacking the rim more, which is great. I think you, know, you talk to any person who you know studies the math in basketball, that's what you want. You want more shots at the rim, but he's just not making them. So um, it'll be interesting to see how CJ adjusts. Does he go back to some more of his comfort zones in the mid-range, or does he continue to try and attack the rim more, and maybe it's just a case of uh, the, the the shots are just rimming out when they will be going down for the majority of the season. And if they if they do turn around like that, it's going to be uh, the Blazers' offense is going to take go to another level, even though it's been one of the best in the NBA. But uh, C.J. McCollum having a rough go of it around the basket. The Blazers 
having a little bit of a rough go of it, frankly, with the injuries with Mo Harkless, and they've done a good job, but uh, there are obviously areas where they can improve. But we're going to be right back to talk about their opponent on Monday, the Indiana Pacers. Very, very solid team with a lot of people that we know very well up here in the Pacific Northwest. So we'll be right back uh, for the final segment of Locked On Blazers. And we're back here on our final segment of this edition of Locked On Blazers. Portland is now in Indianapolis after their trip to Florida. They're going to face the Indiana Pacers, who are once again, at least in the early going, one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. They look like they're going to be a a solid team and a force to be reckoned with once again in the East. They had a solid year last year, and then they added more talent by getting Tyreek Evans in the uh, free agency, which was great to give them another ball handler, another guy that can score. And another guy that can uh, attack the rim, and uh, you know, with his size, has has really been a problem sometimes against the Blazers' backcourt, just because he's he's so big. But um, you know, he's also not just a pure point anymore. He kind of plays some three, kind of plays uh, some different positions. It's not the same uh, Tyreek Evans that he was earlier in his career, but he can still drive to the rim. He can still create, and he's actually a better shooter now than he used to be. So. Um, you know, those are some things to consider when talking about the, the Pacers, but obviously the, the head of the snake when you're talking about this Indiana Pacers team is Victor Oladipo, who became a, an all-star last year, was the most improved player, and uh, you know really took his game to a new level, and uh, was shooting deeper threes last year, attacking the rim, you know, just and having a lot more confidence in himself, he really changed his body. He, he got in really good shape. Um, C.J. McCollum actually worked with the same trainer that Oladipo worked with this summer uh, to try and get in better shape himself. So that'll be an interesting matchup. The, the two guys that worked with each other all summer, uh, you know, going at it uh, between Oladipo and, and C.J. McCollum. But... Uh, when you're when you're talking about the Pacers, you're talking about a team that actually kind of goes against some of the norms of the league. They uh, have one of the lowest three point rates in the league at 28th in the league in three point rate. They really like to shoot mid range shots. That they're comfortable with those, and that's going to be an interesting uh, challenge for the Blazers defense because the Blazers really like to try and just beat beat you defensively with the math. They want you to take mid range shots. They want you. To, to not take three-pointers and not get to the rim. But when you're talking about Indiana, you're talking about a team that thrives in the mid-range at the shots that Portland is usually willing to give up. So that interesting kind of stylistic challenge for the Blazers is going to be interesting to see how they adjust to that, if they adjust to that, uh, against the, the Pacers who really love to work in the mid-range. They obviously have some shooters. They have guys that can shoot on the perimeter like Oladipo, like Bojan Bogdanovich, like Miles Turner. Uh, but that is not going to be, you know, that's not the whole team's bread and butter. And the other thing that they really have going for them is a lot of depth. You know, they have Corey Joseph coming off the bench. They have Darren Collison. They, they, they have a lot of guys that can score that can do things coming off the bench for them uh so 
I don't think that it's going to necessarily, it's going to be a tough game. It's, I think it's going to be a tougher game than, than Miami was uh, just because Indiana is a better team. Uh, and, and also the stylistic uh, contrast with what the Pacers like to do and what the Blazers want offenses to do uh, is, is I think uh, troublesome for the Blazers, but uh, they, they might, well and 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 get a win on the road against a really good indiana team if they do that that would be really impressive and i think give dane even more momentum in in kind of some some early season mvp talk which is unavoidable that i i know that it, it is too early to talk about that stuff but it happens i mean this this is often the time when when the stage gets set for those things so and and you look at Golden State, obviously Steph Curry has had a great start to the season. I think he's, you know, one of the guys to talk about in the MVP discussion. And and then the Lakers have struggled, so LeBron James may not be in it as much. And uh Houston is is really struggling. James Harden's hurt and I guess Toronto with, with Kawhi Leonard might be one of the the other leaders too. But uh, the Dame for MVP train could could start picking up soon if Blazer if the Blazers finish out this road trip, getting a win at Indiana, and then they play Houston, who, as we mentioned, won't have James Harden, uh, who's dealing with a hamstring injury when they play the Rockets on Tuesday. So uh potential good finish for the road trip here for Portland, but it's gonna be it's not gonna be that easy. I think this is the last toughest game of the road trip because right now uh houston just doesn't seem to be uh looking all that good but we'll talk about houston uh after the indiana game and we will save more chatter for later on in the week thank you for listening to us here on locked on blazers uh it's, it's been a interesting weekend portland got a nice win in orlando then they lose at Miami and what could have been a really thrilling comeback victory, but uh, Damian Lillard is is setting the NBA on fire as the league's leading scorer, and I think C.J. McCollum's shot is really going to start to come around soon. So uh, there are some things to to look forward to, even though there are some concerns on the horizon with the Harkless's knee and uh, things like that. But uh, Until next time, we'll be back after the Indiana game. So keep it locked here. Tell your friends. Subscribe. uh, Reach out to me on Twitter at Eric underscore Gunderson. And we will be in touch.